Okay. <clears throat> hey everybody, this is me, FJOJR, Francisco. We are with the Frank Ops Show, my personal diary podcast, if you will. I do have other endeavors uh, for those of you who need a little bit of an introduction to myself, in case you're finding this, finding this for the first time. I'm Francisco. I've been a media creator since, oof, since I was in high school, but let's say 2006. YouTuber, graphic designer, attorney, hockey writer, podcaster. So, I have my fingers dipped in a lot of things, but this right here is my personal podcast for myself to talk about whatever the heck I want. I usually record in the middle of the night when I'm trying to get to sleep and get myself to sleep. As you can tell by the fact that I'm yawning. As you can tell by the fact that I'm yawning. So, it's recorded using my earbuds and my cell phone, so it's not really a beacon of quality. I do have a regular mic. I do use that on my regular podcast and my streaming, so I could have a higher quality version of this, but I choose not to because... It's kind of the vibe I want to go with, just kind of turn on my phone and start recording and talk about what I want, and I guess I do have a chance to use this as a platform to do reviews, so I guess I will review something right now that I've been doing, um, and I've been using, and I think maybe... You guys ought to hear my opinion of it, take it for what it is, and go from there. So it is 2021. This is my first entry for 2021. And, well, I started the show back in January of 2020. So it's a year old now. Hooray. In any case... I started this with the endeavor that I was playing video games at the same time that I was talking about certain subjects, and I realized that that's a little too hard to do, for me at least, unless somebody's actively talking to me about it, but it's hard for me to plan out that while playing a video game at the same time. I feel like that would be easier if I played the game and had the recording footage and then talked about something on top, or I just cut out the video games entirely, which is what I'm doing now with this podcast. Um, But video games are the subject that I am focusing on here and I am honing in on because that's what I wanted to review. Um, (laughs) I've been on an Endeavor... I guess slightly before the year started, and that is to take inventory of the video games that I have owned 
and do own right now and figure out how many of them have I actually completed in some way, shape, or form in my life. I'm not talking about 100%. I don't think I'll be able to do that for a lot of video games going forward in my lifetime. I'm talking about just getting through the main story, and that's it. If I wanted to see the extra stuff, I can go on YouTube and see it there. Somebody else is already doing it. And it's taken me a few days now. And I'm still going through the, the back catalog every once in a while. I'll be like, oh, yeah, I beat that game. Oh, yeah, I own this and I haven't touched it or I haven't touched it in forever. So um, thankfully, there's how long to beat.com. If you haven't heard of that website, you should probably do so, especially if you're a video gamer, because it helps you keep track of the games that you have owned and played through the games that you're playing right now and the games that you plan on playing in the future. So it's a nice way to organize your entire game catalog. And so for me, between all the consoles that I do own right now, and I've owned a ton of consoles, and I guess this is a semi-history of my video game um, ownership because um, going through all of my past video game consoles, uh, Sega Genesis, Sega Saturn, Sega Dreamcast, PCs, obviously, cell phones, too, um, NES, Super Nintendo, N64, GameCube, Wii, Wii U, Switch, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, Nintendo DS, Nintendo 3DS, PlayStation, PlayStation 2, PlayStation Portable, um, I think, I think, I think that's it for the most part, that I've owned these consoles, and I, th I have a TegraGame.com. And we didn't buy it, but or Tiger Gamecom, that's what it's officially called. Um, but we didn't buy it, it was given to us, so um, that wasn't a purchase, thankfully, that we spent money on. Going through that entire back catalog of things, I have played... I. I think I've completed, I mean, it's, it's, it's like at least a couple hundred video games uh, or, or something like that. I mean, you have to think, my first video game console was a Sega Genesis back in 91, and we are now almost 30 years since I got that console. So... In that time frame, I have beaten a ton of video games. However, it also means that I have not beaten a ton of video games. And for whatever reason, I have let some games slip by the wayside. Of course, it, it was easier when I was 
a kid and a teenager because I had the time to do that. Okay, do your homework, play video games. So I had the time to go and and beat whatever I needed to beat because that was all I was doing when I wasn't uh, doing homework or at school or, or 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 playing baseball. So now or hanging out with friends. <clears throat> But now, as an adult, that makes it difficult because I have all these things I'm juggling at the same time. And you can hear about it in my past episodes, but I'll do a quick thing again because it's my show. I can do whatever the heck I want. It's my personal diary podcast. And you can skip through it if you don't want to hear all this. (laughs) Um, I have work. I'm an immigration attorney. I have family. I have a girlfriend. I have my own personal errands that I have to do, like cleaning up my place and feeding myself and uh, taking care of, you know, my car and things like that. Um, I have my and I have my media. I can't really say it's an empire, but media endeavors, my personal stuff like this, sports goofs, Marlins history, and I'm trying to plan out a new show. So I have all of those things that I'm juggling at the same time. The video game stuff has now shifted into my personal um my personal channel stuff, my FGOGR stuff, because that's where I stream the video games. And I think streaming is helping me get through these games because um, it gives me an incentive because when I stream, I make money in some way, shape, or form. When I stream, I'm out there and people can see and watch me and they want to glob onto my personality. They can. So that works. And when and it's, so that that gives me an, an incentive to to actually sit down, turn on the computer, hook up whatever game it is, and play. So that I'm not just playing a video game for my enjoyment. I'm also using it as a method to promote myself in a way. So. That's where video games are coming into this. And this time is, it's being siphoned away because of all these things. And hence the life of an adult. Now, thanks to how long to be, I can plan out and kind of strategically target certain video games like because they, they give you users sending their, their average play times. And so you can kind of get a rough estimate of, all right, this game will take me, this game takes 10 hours, this game takes 50 hours, this game takes one hour. All right. So if it's an, like a one hour game is perfect for me. It's a, like if it's 
if I'm planning out the week, I'm like, man, I really, uh, I got to watch this, I got to do that, whatever. Okay, but I can at least sit down and I can play this. And not every game I'm going to stream. But if I'm sitting here and I'm bored and I feel like, man, I want to get another game off the list, then I'll do it. Luckily, a lot of them, I feel like, are doable. Are doable with regards to the length. Anything below, I would say, 15 hours is doable for me and is and is is perfect for me because 15 hours that's that's about three days three to four days worth of playing so that's like a weekend if if i really sat down and just (laughs) blocked out everything and like okay i'm going to put six hours here six hours there you can get through that pretty fairly quickly um it's it's the bigger stuff the 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 rpgs things that that i just got the witcher recently uh the first one and i haven't started it but i say i see average play time is 35 hours and it's like oh meaning for me it'll probably be like 40 hours so that's not a weekend game that is a month-long game that is a game where i would have to basically plan it out and i do plan it out if you go on my youtube channel fgogr i do have a schedule out of games that i am tentatively planning on playing um another issue for me with regards to the timing thing is some, there are some games that are just evergreen, and I will play them because I feel like playing them. And the two biggest culprits are Super Smash Brothers Ultimate and Rocket League. Where I feel like playing a video game, and I instantly gravitate to those two because it gives they give me instant gratification with going in and out of matches. Okay, I can get in and out of a Rocket League match fairly quickly. Same thing for Super Smash Brothers. And I get the dopamine hit of winning a few matches. Which, in certain video games, because the single player stuff, like I have to invest time into the story and it might take me a bit before I can become strong enough in the game where I'm getting the dopamine hits even more. It, it, it all depends. And it's all, and, and the same thing, and the thing is, if it's a new game and I don't know what to expect, then I may not be getting dopamine hits. I'm, it may be a game that I'm not actively enjoying. Whereas I know what I'm getting with Smash and Rocket League. But, so that, that's one. And, and then there's, there's the, and then there's the prospect of the, the, the MMO type of games, the games that, that have their own little world and, and you have to get into it and you can be in that world basically forever um biggest example is warframe 
I know that I like Warframe. Because when I play it, I enjoy myself. And uh, I had it on PC. I don't have it on my PC right now because I would rather play it on the Switch because the Switch has motion controls. And I like playing with the Tenno that has the bow and arrow because that allows me to basically just snipe people and kind of play semi-Metal Gear-ish where I can stealthily get by people and enemies in the game. My issue is, and i got to make sure that I'm still recording here. <laughs> so that's, that's an issue for me because if... If uh, if I start getting into those games, I'm I'm not gonna play anything new. So that's what's gonna suck. Anyways, I and then there's like I have a thing called Wednesday Night Rivalry, and they're multiplayer games. And once again, games that you can keep playing, like versus games. Smash, Rocket League, you know, the fighting games, uh, freaking Mario Kart 8, Ninjala, uh, Splatoon, uh, and then you have all these, the FPSs too, you know, the, like, all of those don't make it easier because you play those and you, you may be leveling up yourself. Stuff like that, but you're not advancing a storyline. You're not uh, getting to an end. And then you can move on to something else. So that's an issue. Luckily, I do have a throwback Thursday concept where I do, I, I decide that I would rather play a more retro video game, something that's not on my console. Uh, that, something that wasn't released within, I would say, the last 10 years. That's what I would consider um, Throwback Thursday. But uh, material, anything beyond 10 years, which is, yeah, yeah around 2010, anything behind that. Anything, behind, anything that's um, before the PS4, the, the Xbox One, I would say the Wii U. And 3DS, that's all fair game for Throwback Thursday. And I, I think those probably should be more dedicated to, especially the earlier games, the NES games, especially those NES games and some of the Super Nintendo games and, and even the Genesis titles. Because a lot of those, I, I can get those out of those, I can get those out of the way. Like I, I see on how long to beat, those games don't really last that long. They're like an hour, maybe two hours long. So that's that's a one-night playthrough. And the NES stuff, even more so because I have save states, I can rewind, and so that all can help me. As long as, you know, certain games, I probably will need, like, a strategy guide. And I, I have no shame in using strategy guides. I have no shame anymore and using strategy guides back when i was like a teenager i was like yeah no i i 100 video games and i don't need a strategy guide uh -uh. nope no more 
I don't care. I will go on GameFAQs and find a strategy guide, or I will go on YouTube and see somebody who's, you know, 100% played through it, and they give you the guide, and they tell you exactly where to go and exactly what to do. I have no shame anymore. I would rather do that and just enjoy the game and get out of the way. I play games on easy mode whenever it is available because I just want to enjoy the game, enjoy my time with it, and just end it as quickly as possible. And move on. And move on. That's it. I don't need more. <laughs> so, so yeah, I guess I should move on to, because now I'm 20 minutes into this, and I should move on to the actual review of the game that I, I will review right now, and that is Ukulele. So, um, I don't have any history. I don't know. I think this was released back when, what? Ukulele was released, what, in 2015? Or something like that? 2015 or 2016, somewhere around that time. If it released in 2017, dear Lord. But no, it's got to be around 2015. So, Ukulele is a 3D platformer made by Platonic and Team 17, indie developers comprised of a lot of guys that were formerly at Rare Studios. It was now owned by Microsoft and the studio behind such video games as Battletoads, Donkey Kong Country, Banjo-Kazooie, Jet Force Gemini, Perfect Dark, Donkey Kong 64, Conquer's Bad Fur Day, Viva Pinata. I mean, uh, so, uh, Connect, Connect stuff. <laughs> that studio, but most famously for their stuff in the Super Nintendo, NES, and N64 era. They, so these guys made a Kickstarter and crowdfunded, along with, I guess, some people investing uh, in in their own money, but created their studio and crowdfunded an effort to make a modern 3D platformer. Well, not really a modern 3D platformer. I can't even say that. I, I can't even say that this is a modern 3D platformer. This is a 3D platformer in the style of 3D platformers from the Nintendo 64, PlayStation, and Sega Saturn era. That's and especially Banjo Kazooie. That ukulele is basically them trying to redo or make a new Banjo Kazooie. The characters are basically the same. They kind of have the same kind of dynamic where you have a main character who's the uh, the main moving character and a smaller character on their back. That's like a flight, a, a bird. But here, instead of a bear and a bird, you have a lizard, chameleon, and bat. So there you go with that. That's ukulele as far as the character is concerned. 
And as far as the game is concerned, uh, that's the genre that it is in, 3D platformer, but in that style. As far as, uh, and I guess I should find a way to organize my thoughts on what I want to criticize. So let's start with the graphics. I guess we'll start there. Graphics and art style. Let's go there. So, graphics and art style. Art style is heavily influenced, once more, by the N64, PlayStation, Saturn era 3D platformers. Uh, expansive, expansive sandboxy type of world with um, big bold colors and I do have to say the game looks fine. I played it on my PC. I played it at various settings because I streamed it. So my PC was struggling on some points trying to do the 4K stuff. But then again, I'm like, I don't output in 4K anyways. So I just lowered everything down to 1080p and played like that. Regardless, the game looks fine. It's a, it's a well-made video game. It looks fine. I think the character designs are fine. I like ukulele's design. I think they're very fine stand-ins for Banjo and Kazooie. Enemies are forgettable in this game. I'll tell you that much. In fact, enemies in this video game are are very underutilized. There's no real challenge with regards to the enemies here. And yeah, you could say that was the same way in the N64 3D platformers. And you could say in a lot of 3D platformers, enemies shouldn't be that difficult. But the fact that I... The boss battles, I don't really have anything that stands out to me. It just... Nothing struck me, really, with regards to enemy design in this game. Uh, as far as NPC characters, they were fine. Uh, I do like, I like the style that they were going with. I'm sure it, they they have these pig characters. They have all the slot machine characters. They they have all kinds of weird characters, just like in Banjo Kazooie. But, I, I, I don't know, I, I feel like I will forget about these characters in due time. At least, or at least until I, I play the, the sequel, Ukulele and the Impossible Lair, which I do have, and it's on the, it's in the backlog, and I will get to it at some point. But for right now, I'm all ukulele'd out. I'm not going to move on to the next game. I will just move on to something different. Okay, so graphically, the game was fine. Okay, technical standpoints, I had no issues with glitches. The, the, the game is a very, very well made, competent video game from a technical standpoint. No glitches, everything worked fine. 
Uh, I do like that when you can explore, you can utilize ukuleles movements and the environments to kind of reach places that you shouldn't be able to reach. But here comes a criticism of the game, and this is part of the, it's the level design. I, I feel like the level design of this video game, of ukulele, was severely underutilized or was overambitious to the point where they didn't know what to do with it. Which, I guess, again, is underutilization. Let me explain. So ukulele, and I know this is an audio thing, so you, it'd be much easier if you could see it, but go on my channel, look at my playthroughs. I criticize it during my actual gameplay. So the, 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 the worlds in ukulele are very large. They have very large, expansive worlds that reach very high. And, and and in some case, and very wide. But I think I would argue that a lot of them, I mean, some, I think most or some of them, I think they're, the, the, at least the, the circumference, the surface area, I feel like they're bigger than what is in Mario Odyssey. And I will go to Mario Odyssey and make comparisons soon enough, but the issue is there was very little in that world to justify it being that large. Throughout the game, there are pages you have to collect. The whole point is, much like those platformers from bygone days, is to collect things. And the big mystical MacGuffin that you have to get in this game is pages. Pages, much like in Mario 64, uh, where we have the stars, or in Banjo-Kazooie, where you have the jiggies. Pages are what you need in order to progress the story forward. You need a hundred, at minimum, to get to the final boss. And in each world, there's about, I think, 25 pages per world. And in total, I think there's 145. So, you, you collect these pages, but the worlds are so expansive that just 25 pages was too little to justify how massive these worlds are, how much you have to traverse, how much yeah, land and water and air you have to traverse in order to find all of these things. And there's more many, there's other things you have to collect in this game. There's the, um, I guess the form of currency in this game are quills. Quills, I guess, act like coins in Mario 64 or the bananas in Donkey Kong 64. So the coins, 
so 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 the quills are scattered throughout the levels. I think there's like 200 per per level, and then you have other uh, token things that you have to find in the level as well. Luckily, the collectathon aspect isn't as severe as Donkey Kong 64. I would say, once again, probably on par with Banjo-Kazooie. But even then, even with those other things that you have to collect in the game, there's still not enough to justify the massiveness of some of these worlds. A lot of these worlds are massive for the sake of being massive, not because they... Um, not because the level design and the challenges that you look you're trying to that they were trying to create called for it and i will go to mario odyssey because mario odyssey which came out after this game mario odyssey took the n64 style collectathon and took it to another level made you rethink what these platform 3D platformers can be. Because Mario Odyssey, the its world, um, there's massive, expansive worlds, yes, but they're not, it's, I don't think they're as big as the ones in, in Ukulele. And with what they have, Nintendo utilized the space way more to make much more interesting worlds. The worlds in ukulele, aside from certain parts, are very bland. And once again, not filled with a lot of things to interact with or force you or make you feel good about exploring. I reached heights of the game where... I'm like, I'm okay, I'm at the top, tippy top of this level, and there's nothing there to be found. Mario Odyssey, like you, Nintendo will throw you a bone. It's like you reach the tippy top of the level. Hey, there's a moon here. You know? There's stuff up here at the very least. You didn't get that in ukulele. You had the stuff sprinkled throughout this massive world, and I was, and I mean sprinkled, but nothing else, nothing else that justified it being that mass. The levels being so massive, so that's my criticism that I don't like about the level design. It just, it was they, they, they underutilized the space or they should have just made the world smaller and more compact so that it, it would be more efficient that way it would have been more efficient for any instead of it, the game is about 15 hours i beat it i beat it close to the 16 hour mark the game should if with better level design, um, at least at least with more things to collect, maybe maybe that could have been way to think, or or better utilization of the of the levels 
regardless, the 15 hours would have been fine. Or had they made things smaller, cut out some things, or just literally shrunk the world down a little bit more, <laughs> and it would have been 12 to 10 hours long because of that, because you're not traversing as much ground, you're you're uh, you're cutting out some of the empty space so you can get to the challenges much easier. Had they done that, a ten-hour game, I would have been. It would have been. I feel like they would have. Uh, they 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 would have um, hit their their mark. But as it stands right now. Ukulele just misses. Like the, the 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 execution is off, and so that's the graphics and level design. Music is fine. I didn't have any issues with the music. I think the music in the game was was good. They got the same composers from uh, the N sixty four and Super Nintendo eras. They they got those guys to to contribute to this. Music was fine in the game. I think the sounds were fine in this game. Um, I think that that aspect was taken care of. Uh, I already talked about the technical stuff. No glitches, no nothing like that. Nothing broken. Really, it was that. I feel like. The game is competent, I would say. I gave it a 70%. Around that 70% range, somewhere there. It's not an 80. It's definitely not in the 60s. It's 70%. I would say if you really, really miss these that N64 platformer, get it. Get it. It'll, it'll satiate you there. But just so you know, there are other games out there that have that are either doing something a little different, have advanced upon it, or you can go back and play some of the older stuff and just get your itch that way. But uh, Ukulele is a competent game. It's definitely not Mario Odyssey blew, blew everybody out of the water. Taking it to the next level. Um, you have Super Lucky's Tale. That's another 3D platformer that's out there. You have a Hat in Time. So, and they're doing something different there as well. And, and those are those are other games that probably, especially from the little that I played of those two games, I feel like because they, they, their worlds are, are smaller and and it, I feel like they probably are hitting their mark better than ukulele is because they're not trying to overdo something in order to recapture something from the past. They're kind of trying to do their own thing a little bit whilst also um, being in that 3D platformer category. But yeah, man, Mario Odyssey brought back the collectathon. Oh, they didn't bring it back, but it, they brought it. They they took it to the next level. 
So Nintendo sets the standard, and ukulele, especially if you're coming from playing something tougher, it doesn't. It, it just they they miss the mark in the collectathon category. So. Do I recommend this game? It's cheap now. It's, I think, from the Amazon links that were in the description. And I guess I will add them to the description for this, too, later on. I think the... I think there was like twenty bucks, somewhere around fifteen and twenty bucks on for a physical copy on the PlayStation Four and the Xbox One. I don't remember how much it costs on uh, on PC, and I know it's on the Switch. And it's probably the same cost around there. I would say it's if it's twenty bucks. You're going to get 15 hours at the very least. If you're going to 100% the game, then you'll get, you'll probably get the 20 hours there. So that's about a dollar per hour. That's not bad. It gives you entertainment. It's not a bad video game. And throughout my playthrough, I was texting Charles, who's on my other podcast, Sports Goose, and we love video games and we like playing pretty much most of the same stuff. Um, he's going through the Breath of the Wild right now for the first time, and it's very interesting uh, hearing about his experience. However, um, he he's like, "Yeah, you make the game like you make it seem like the game is bad," and I, I tell him, "Look, the game isn't bad. The game isn't bad. It's not a bad game. They made a good video game. They just didn't make a video game that they didn't make." They missed, once again, missed on the execution of bringing back the N64 style collectathon 3D platformer. Like, there are parts in the game where I did feel like, man, they, they really, this was, this was a good idea. That was cool. That was very nice that what they did here. But it, if the levels weren't so massive and so empty, this would have been, it, it would have nailed it. It would have nailed it. Or like, ah, uh, they were close. They were close. They just missed. They just had, they, just, if they had taken a little more time to rethink it, or I have no idea. They they just missed, and it's it's sad because I want to I go back to Mario Odyssey because it's like they just missed, and then you see Nintendo on the other side, and it's like not only did Nintendo nail it, they absolutely destroyed their target. Like it's it's not even like it's unrecognizable anymore. Wow, Nintendo. Wow, did you guys go above and beyond. That's what I saw 
from Mario Odyssey, and that's what um, ukulele is missing. So, recommend. If you like this type of video, if you love 3D platformers, I'd say you can give it a shot. I got it for free. <laughs> I know I shouldn't be complaining for a game that I got for free. But once again, this is a review. It's a critique. And a lot of you are not going to get it for free. So, I say, if you like these type of games, and you really, really miss the N64 style collectathons, then get it. And get it. You'll have fun with it. I promise you. I had fun with it. I had fun with it. In the end, I did have mostly fun with it. Mostly fun with it. So. I guess that's it for this review. It's about 45 minutes long. Really... 25 minutes is the review of ukulele. The first 20 minutes is me introducing the review to ukulele and my video game playing history. But regardless, this is my show. This is the Frank Ops show. I do what I want. I talk about what I want. And that's it. So, I guess some closing stuff that I have to do now that I'm trying to make this a thing. It's semi-regular. There's no schedule to it. I just post whenever I feel like posting. And so all I know is I'm doing a lot better than other people who are making podcasts because I look it up. I look up some podcasts, like just random podcasts. And rarely has people don't get past like three, four or five episodes. It's insane, man. It's insane how much people don't get past certain things. Um, kind of saddens me a little bit sometimes when I see it. It's like, oh, come on, oh no, oh really, two episodes? That's all you could record. So, yeah. Um, well, if you want to find me, search F J O J R. You will find me on <laughs> I'm going to list them Twitter uh, Facebook all of these streaming platformers YouTube, Twitch VK um, Trovo <laughs> yeah some of you some of these you haven't even heard of DLive, Africa TV FC2 like I am everywhere with with like streaming so if you want to catch me streaming, that's where you'll find me. Or, I mean, sheesh, I have a DeviantArt account, but I haven't even touched that in forever. Um, I have so much stuff, but you will find me. You will find me. Um, and on my streaming channels, you'll find all of my information for if you ever want to friend me on Steam or uh, I do have an Xbox account for PC, but I, I have no idea. Um, I do not want to get Game Pass because that is dangerous uh, to the backlog. I, I also do have 
uh, my Nintendo Switch, where you'll see the friend code and you can add me. Even though I don't think I've played with any single person that has added me as a friend through that. <laughs> just, uh, I, just, I just accept them and that's it for some stupid reason. I have no idea. Never play with them. Okay, um, so there's that. My other endeavors, you can check out my other podcast, Sports Goofs, the one that I do with two of my good friends from law school, where we talk about sports, but we don't just talk about sports, we also talk about video games and food, especially Taco Bell, because we are Taco Bell simps. (laughs) and we review certain products and things and we have these weird segments and we just have fun and goof off and that's why we're called the sports goofs so you can check that out or if you feel like getting to my professional stuff I am an immigration attorney at the law offices of Aaron Chenault in Miami, Florida. We also have offices in Dallas and Los Angeles, California, Dallas, Texas, Los Angeles, California, Miami, Florida. If you want and you need legal help with regards to immigration, I'm here for you. And I will be making a new show that's more oriented towards that. And on my YouTube channel, you can find some stuff where I'm on TV and I'm talking about that stuff too. Okay. Now then, I think I'm finally ready to go to sleep. I'll see you guys next time. I'll probably be playing Batman Arkham Asylum next. So if I do do a new review, it'll probably be for that. Have a good night, everybody.